Welcome, everybody, to the Space Camp Podcast. Kyle was not fit to do this anymore, so I am your new host for the time being. The co-host, Kyle, is going to be chiming in where he sees fit. Uh, Today, we're going to be covering a couple things. We're going to be doing fire. We're going to be discussing financial independence and early retirement. And we have a guest on the show named Soren. You want to say hello, Soren? Hello, everyone. I'm related to one of these one of these hosts. I okay, guess we'll leave it to your, to your imagination <laughs> who it is. Torsten or Kyle. We said yeah. stick to the script. <laughs> <laughs> Don't deviate. Um, and then we're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit about Ted Bundy. Kyle has been studying him vigorously over the years for some reason. Um, makes other people uncomfortable. We're gonna do a little bit of touching upon our rejection therapy. See how that's going. It's a little bit sad at this point in time. And then lastly, we are going to talk about a new documentary called Fire, um, which is not related to retiring early, but uh, a jabroni <laughs> is has everything go wrong. <laughs> Retire early to prison. <laughs> it's another we'll way of retiring with our <laughs> random generator. But anyway, first and foremost, Kyle, you were reading an article on Ted Bunding. That's a lie. Um, I guess you pulled up the Wikipedia. <laughs> so, so on Netflix, there's a new uh, release of the the Ted Bundy tapes, which is his recorded interview with I think it was like a psychologist or something. Uh, what was it? Like a few weeks before he was executed. You saw this as well, Soren, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, but, an interview. Like, I think they had recorded him like a little bit beforehand, and then like I think um, it was like a series of interviews. Really, really interesting. Yeah, definitely. He was an interesting fellow. He's he was one of those guys that was per- like perpetually in denial about his own lot in life. It seemed like, and that led to a lot of the issues he had. Um, see, so my thing with him was that like I I didn't see the documentary, but um. It seemed like he was just kind of, he was like a, a genius to a certain extent in term, or maybe just a pathological liar. Well, I mean, those two aren't mutually exclusive, I wouldn't say. But no. I, think, I think he thought he was more of a genius than he actually was. And, and that, was, that goes into his denial. Like he thought he was the smartest guy in the room, even if he wasn't. And it kind of yeah. seemed like he's like, I can get away with this. Like if you look, like they go really, I don't know if this is a spoiler, you might want to plug your ears Soren <laughs> but they go into uh, his defense when he finally uh, gets brought in for the last time and the entire time basically he couldn't let his lawyer do his job because he needed to be the center of attention and he thought he knew the law better than his lawyer which if you're a lawyer you know the first thing you do is you keep your mouth shut if you're the defendant that way you can have plausible deniability you can have uh, you can say that you're you're uh, your lawyer was unfit to to try your trial, all that stuff. But once you take the law, uh, the law side of it into your own hands and represent yourself, then that's when that all that that defense goes out the window. So it seemed like he, he was just one of those guys that thought he was the smartest guy in the room. He he knew that in his own head, but that might have not been the case. But he was still above average intelligence. Did you guys ever hear that? Like it was, there was this Radio Lab or This American Life. 
about people who ended up defending themselves because they either didn't want to pay for an attorney or they just they didn't like their self their court appointed attorney and they talked about like a few success stories about people <laughs> who <laughs> like had no idea what they were doing within like the legal system but they ended up winning the cases so basically they they they're sitting there they're like uh, I'm going to defend myself. And then the the judge is like, well, just because you did that, like I can judge you that you're not mentally fit to to stand trial. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a couple of them were like that. But I think actually like people did, kind of put in a lot of emotional arguments that weren't based on fact and they affected the, they affected the jury. And so the, the jury ended up acquitting the people that's the scary thing about juries, man. Like yeah. you can just like sway people. I think it was called like pro se. Isn't that what it is? Like Latin for like defending yourself or something like that. Probably that makes sense. Yeah. Would yeah. You, would would that be something that you would do right away if you were accused of a? We'd probably have to say a violent crime, Kyle. Why? Why would you have to say a violent crime, <laughs> Kyle? I, well, Kyle, I've seen your I've seen your closet. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll say those, those aren't props. Photos all over it. <laughs> he has multiple uh, ski masks, uh, a bunch of duct tape. No, that's uh, the scary thing about Ted Bundy. Is like I was I watched a little bit of the documentary and then I read the book that Anne Rule wrote. This book, like The Stranger Beside Me, where he where she worked like next to him, where he was on like a call center, like a help center for people who were like on suicide uh, watches. Oh, she became yeah. very good friends with him and just like wrote this story about it. It was just like very interesting. So she probably had some like insight into how he was in every day. Mm -hmm. But like, it's like people didn't really know him. And that's the thing is like, he had like these two sides to him. One side was like this like preppy guy who wanted to be super intelligent. He's super good looking. And I think that's one of the things that's like resonates in our culture about him. is like, he's good looking, he's suave. And people are like, how did he kill so many people? Yeah. And that's how he kind of like, ensnared people yeah yeah it's the, the classic like uh, american psycho uh psychopath where they use they use every asset they have to kind of manipulate you into what they want you to do and and how how does how you see them and everything like that so was yeah. he a psychopath or was he a sociopath i know we don't use like you know some of those terms these days but was he a product of the environment or was he a product of his like biology. Innate. Yeah. I, I would say, so uh, do you know Steven Pinker? Mm -hmm. Pinkner, uh, right? Pinkner. Uh, he, wrote, he wrote a book called The Blank Slate. And I'm going to just kind of do as high level because I don't necessarily fully understand it. But basically his argument is, is we're not just a blank slate when we're born that every single like you can turn someone into something just solely on their environment. And I think, I think he was probably something that there's probably something wrong with him, uh, like uh, brain chemistry wise, but also he grew up in a terrible environment. It seemed like, like it was one of those things he was in denial of is he'd always describe his upbringing as like happy. I was a, I was a great student, star athlete, all this stuff. But then when they kind of looked deeper into it, it looked like his, his grandfather was abusive and, and all these other things. And people were like, oh, yeah, he was, like, fucking weird. And, like, he's, yeah. he's like, no, my childhood was perfect. Exactly, yeah. It's just, like, yeah. weird, like, that rosy-colored way you can describe yourself. Yeah, looking yeah, yeah looking at your past in, in rose-colored glasses. 
that probably just goes, that makes you wonder what he was thinking about himself even after committing those, those murders. Yeah. The scariest part for me was like, they were saying like, he, like, like, like there was one woman, I think who got away from him. Like he was at, she was at like a mall and he went into the mall dressed up as a cop. And he's like, Oh, someone like broke into your car. Uh, I need you to come out and look at it. And then, like she came out to the car and he, and then uh, she, she was like, Oh, there's nothing wrong with my car. And he's like, Oh, well we caught the guy. We're going to bring you to the station. Why don't you come in my like Volkswagen bug? And she's oh, like, yeah. like the Volkswagen bug, like it's kind of weird. Maybe he's That's like, an super sketchy. Cop. yeah. And then she's like, Oh, I want some ID. And then he shows her, he flashes her like an, I like, I don't know, some kind of like F, I, police identification. Yeah. And then like he, pull, he takes her in the car and they pull over like in front of like this like remote area or something like that. And then he just like tries to put this handcuff on her. And then like they were saying like, then she got out of the car. They had like this fight and he had this, I don't know what kind of weapon he had, like a, like a crowbar, crowbar or something like yeah. that. And he was trying to like whelp her over the head with it. Jeez. And she was just saying his like, uh, her, his eyes just like changed color. They became like, they're they like this like vibrant blue. If you see like photos of him, like it's a very, very like, good looking guy but then in the midst of like this attack she's like they're just like black like just like this black like took over them like demonic appearance or something yeah it's super scary to think about that yeah i i'm a little skeptical though in terms of like him changing you know because what's that whole thing when you like interview 10 different people about the same incident Mm -hmm. and the The rashomon effect the rashomon effect so I'm sure it was traumatizing, but did he turn into a demon? Well, I mean, probably not. <laughs> yes. No. no. <laughs> It'd be an awkward turn for the documentary. Yeah. <laughs> and then he turned into a, a demon lord, Lucifer, and flew away. I was like, whoa, wait a second. Like, you're, just... you're a police officer. You think you have, like, the great, like, you're going to solve this case, and then all of a sudden it turns into that. And you're just like, okay. You just lost okay. all credibility. <laughs> and then he flew away. He had a pitchfork, and spawns of hell were following him into the vortex. Turned a bright red. <laughs> Uh, okay. <laughs> no, and the crazy, the craziest thing apparently is he escaped. Was it three times? Aspen twice. So the the first time he escaped, like they arrested him. They had he, this was a person that they thought was a murderer. They left him in a library room in the courthouse alone, with no shackles, with windows to the outside, and he jumps out of a second story window and just starts running. And they're just like, uh, where, where'd he go? And the guy's like, well, he didn't come out this door. <laughs> wow. And, and, and he's just out there and he's, he's out for like, what was it, like two weeks or something? Just like living in like a shed that he found. Didn't he go into like another like sorority or something like that? Like afterwards and kill a couple girls? Yeah, that was the second time. Like he, so, and that, that's the thing that's super sketchy about him. Like he, he admitted to 30 but there's a little conspiracy around that because like if you look at his path from from uh Colorado to to uh Florida which is where he he murdered the sorority uh girl <laughs> is so he murdered people in like three of the states and then, then through like 10 states apparently he commits no murders and then commits like five the second he gets to 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 Florida and it's like so you just stopped during that time, we're supposed to believe that. And, and then you look at the missing people's reports from like the path that he would have taken and they, they kind of line up. Yeah. It's scary to think about like there's, there's, there's all these lists of like, 
there's there's like lots of serial killers who are out there right now who are just that large. Yeah. Well, they just caught that one in uh, Canada who was, uh, he kind of had the same MO. It seems like they generally, uh, so like at least the guy in Milwaukee, uh, what's his name? Um, Jeffrey Dahmer. Dahmer, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like they used to frequent uh, gay bars and that's where he would he would find his victims. There was a, a similar guy apparently up in Canada who was just caught this week who apparently has been working over a decade and murdered more than eight people. Wow. Jeez. Yeah, so it, it's it's scary to think like it, it could be someone that you know, and especially think, in the case of Ted Bundy, as they everyone thought he was a little bit weird, but no one thought he was capable of that. I think like the number one rule though is like if someone's like, "Hey, can you help me lift my couch into this van?" <laughs> you never take the inside. <laughs> yeah, if you don't know that person. Yeah, yeah. yeah I just like that. like as a dude, I I have like no idea. I I, I think about this all the time because like my wife is like a smaller woman and she's like, yeah, like at night, like if people are following you, or if there's homeless people or if there's some kind of thing, like you're just kind of worried about it. And I'm like, Oh, I'm just like not worried at all because like, I feel <laughs> like I can handle myself and I'll oh, just yeah. like walk wherever. But yeah, yeah you really have to be worried in the book and rule. She wrote like, I don't know if they talked about this in the documentary at all, but I thought it was really interesting is that a lot of the women uh, who were murdered were, were going through some kind of like traumatic <clears throat> traumatic like issue at the time like some of them were broken up with their boyfriends one of them was like in the midst of like exams another one was like had a fight with like her parents another one like the ski lodge like she was having a fight with like her 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 husband and it's like these like hunters these like predators like yeah. sense people who are like a little bit off you know like, like stress like, yeah yeah like 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 you're the ability to like walk like walk from one place to another if you're confident if you have that view like you'll go there and you'll get to this place but if you're kind of meandering you're you're stuck in your own mind like you become like a target for these kind of people it's like really interesting thing about just like being very confident where you're going oh definitely and that's something they teach you uh if you ever look into any like any basic like form of self-defense and awareness training they say always walk with a purpose Look like you know where you're going, even if you don't. And I can, keep your head on a swivel and make sure that you know your surroundings. And I can just picture you walking to work like that, Kyle. I do like, actually walk marching. to work like that. Just, just, just like that. Not paranoid. They're like, either he is is trained to uh, focus on his surroundings or he's looking for a victim. <laughs> I don't think I don't think they look at you like, yeah, that guy's trained in martial arts. Well, that's what I'm saying. They're, they're probably like, he's looking for a victim. <laughs> <laughs> he's looking. They're like, there's Ted Bundy. Go get him. I'm like, no. <laughs> no. But yeah, at the very end of that, well, actually, I think I saw something in the past about him since I didn't see the documentary. But the judge, after he... he did the sentencing. Do you guys remember what he said? Yeah. Uh, they actually played that in a documentary. Yeah. Say, tell us. Well, if you remember it a little more fresh, I'll say it and then correct me if I'm wrong. He said something along the lines of like, if this were any other like ordinary circumstances, I think you'd be, you know, just a, a great, you know, person to have in this society. And, you know, it's such a shame. So basically complimenting him. Yep. Really? Yeah, no, so basically that's what he said. He didn't even say if this was any other circumstances. He said, this is a tragedy because I think you have a lot to offer to the society, but you made these mistakes and you have to sleep in your own bed, basically. 
is is what the guy said. And like the guy, he's like, I hold no ill will against you, which is a hell of a thing to say for someone who's just accused of murdering uh, upwards of a dozen people. And that's where I think like the the kind of the, the I believe it's called antisocial personality disorder these days, where I think it's the case that he just truly faked everybody that he was around to kind of thinking that he had feelings. But in reality, he was kind of like a, a reptile and that would just kind of prey on whatever he saw would uh, allow him to get pleasure. That's the one thing that I actually kind of have an issue with when talking about psychopathy mm-hmm. is do you, do you think that it's just an actual lack of emotion or do you think the emotions that are triggered are so strong that the other ones get like kind of like it's too overwhelming for them. So like the other ones don't make their way out. Yeah, for me, I think it's like just extreme kind of narcissism and like only viewing the world lens, just pleasure and pain. That's how you see the world? Yeah, that's how I see it. (laughs) Just like personally, uh, the way I see it, (laughs) there's either pleasure or pain. And sometimes inflicting pain on others brings you pleasure. It's like, so uh, why just, not just stay it? where you are, Soren. Uh, there's going to be a pizza delivered. <laughs> if someone knocks on your door, answer it. <laughs> but anyway, uh, we digress a little bit there. Um, what we wanted to kind of jump into, the reason we have Soren here today is just to talk a little bit about something that, that Kyle and I both find interesting. Um, and Soren has dialed into this this way of of living a little bit more so, and so we were going to talk about fire, which is financial independence and retiring early. Um, and just wanted to kind of get your perspective, Soren. You know, like how, first of all, how did you how did you even hear about that? Like, was it when was it? How did you hear about it? Yeah, I think like. Growing up, we were like an upper middle class family and we were all like money. I don't know if it was always like and not an issue, but it was like always we were always cognizant of money and like being frugal where we could be. And I think that like that has been kind of instilled in me growing up. And I've always been somewhat of a frugal person like and I've been doing it more so lately after discovering like this financial independence movement. I think I really discovered it reading a couple of years ago, there's like this this famous blogger called uh, Mr. Money Mustache, and he mm. I believe he he lives in, in Denver, and he just like he exposes this idea that you don't. I think like what like it 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 really like like the whole term itself like kind of is is iterative and like you can kind of define it as like you would define it, but I think the whole idea is living the life that you want to live and not necessarily being beholden to like another a job or being beholden to some kind of thing and the idea is that you have enough money you have enough income sources that you can kind of live the life that you want to live and so i i I discovered it through the lens of mr money mustache he's kind of like an aggressive guy who he worked as like a software engineer and his whole thing was like i'm going to save a ton of money and then i'm not going to work and i think he did it in like 10 years where he got enough money that he was able to quote unquote, like retire from his like normal, like day to day job. 
and actually like focus on the things that he wanted to do. So he does, I think like house repairs. He also like does his blog and he does like podcasts and he's just kind of like a financial guru. I wonder like how, I wonder if that was just kind of him just thinking about it. I wonder if he was inspired. I've read a few of his articles. Mm -hmm. I wonder if there was what the inspiration was there. If it was just purely like, you know, analytical and viewing the people around him, seeing them buy their expensive cars, their big houses, continuing to upgrade. And he's like, you know, why do I need this? Why don't I just save my money and invest it? And then I can retire when I'm 35 versus, you know, these guys trajectory of like 60. So, but my question is, as someone who I've read a few of your articles and that's basically the only experience I have in this is so for a, for a fire practitioner, is Mm -hmm. your, is your form, uh, is your definition of retirement, like I'm not working or is it, I'm just not like, I don't need to be there from nine to five. Like I'm financially independent and like maybe doing something that I enjoy doing and making money that way. Yeah, I think it's definitely doing that. I think it's like redefining like concepts of retirement and even like the whole idea of retirement. Like, I think it's it's changing as people are getting older and living longer. And traditionally, like you retire when you're 65, and everybody like socially accepts as like, oh, this is like the time that you can do it. Yeah, and I think that for for me, it's yeah, it's just like focusing on the things that I would like to be doing, and like rather than uh, like my my dream is like. When I like on Monday morning, like I can choose how my day goes. Like I can go on a hike, or I can go on the podcast, or I can go and do like uh, go out with my dog, or I can go like do do things volunteering, things that like will make me happy. Or else it could be like a part time job or a job that's like like something that I really like, but may not necessarily pay enough to support like traditional living. Like like focusing on that. Like fulfill your narcissistic pleasures, mm-hmm. like go out and you know murder women. Like that would I be mean, my dream. I'm he's like, like he's like to be realistic. That. Like I, I'm a I'm a very bread and bread and or meat and potatoes guy. Like you give me a little bit of duct tape, you give me a ski mask, I'm gonna have a good time. <laughs> no matter what, just one woman, maybe a bunch, maybe thirty. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, no. I think that's uh, I think that's something that really resonates with people that are our age and younger. It's it's something that sometimes the older generations kind of look at you like you're a psycho. They're like, well, you got to put in your time and you, and you work until you're, you're 65, you break your body and then you play golf for 10 years and die. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that doesn't sound good to me. And, uh, and ever, from everything I've been reading, uh, people, our generation and, and younger are more cavalier about how they, uh, pursue their careers. A lot of people drive Uber on the side just because it's a fun thing to do. You can make some cash. You have this asset that you're sitting on top of in the garage depreciating, right? Mm-hmm. And just, just finding ways to make money like that and then not really worrying about necessarily like I need to put in 15 years at XYZ Corporation so they can give me a pen and then I can know I'm important. Very important. Yeah. And like there's there's different levels of it and there's different communities kind of get attached to um like reddit has a financial independence group um there's choose fi there's there's all these like communities i think that are galvanizing around this thing and i think it means different things to different people and it is like this rise of uh people aren't working like at you don't get a job at ge and work for 40 years and get your pen like even my like uh like family members in our family like they worked at like uh, a hospital for a long period of time and they're all set for their pensions like at a young, a relatively young age are set with their pensions 
where they have their full salary given to them for the rest of their lives. And it's like, that doesn't, that just doesn't exist for us. No, that, that's incredible. And I think a lot of older generation was spoiled by, uh, by increasing workforces coming in. And this is one of the first times we're seeing barely replacement uh, for workforce going forward. So a lot of those pension plans where they're taking from uh, the current work body and paying people who are retired, it just they're not going to be possible. There's not the numbers to back it up. Mm-hmm. So I think that might be something that's feeding into that. Yeah, definitely. That's very interesting. So, uh, so if if what what like what is one of the the side hustles that you're trying to do right now? I don't want to call it a side hustle, make it seem sketchy, but I I heard you were selling drugs. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's why I'm on here. You want some meth? <laughs> exactly. You ever tried meth? <laughs> got some fentanyl. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I saw that your your recent shipment just got caught at the border, enough to kill 57 million apparently. Yeah, I mean that's one of the downsides of selling meth. <laughs> yeah, you're uh well it's just like you ever seen the movie Kingpin? Yeah. He's like, Well, the cigarettes can't be bad for you because then how are you gonna buy it if you're dead? <laughs> <laughs> You've been munson I love that Munson yeah. quote. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, what? Munson. <laughs> you know <laughs> Say that again. <laughs> that's one of the great movies. Um uh, no, yeah, a that's, uh, that's, yeah, that's, I think like for me, what's interesting going back to like the like side hustles and stuff like that, and I think that like it, it also what Fire does is it. I think what it like it like changes like your framework. I think you like I'm investing in something, and it's like this this asset will actually like make money for me, and it won't be just me gr- going in and gritting out hours and that returning like yes. returning money to me. It's I have like a business or I have like, just like I'm investing in stocks or I'm investing in something that's like passive income. And I think that's one of the things that really attracts me. Like one of the things that I'd love to focus on is like prop, like properties and things like that. I think that that would be very, very like a a nice thing that can generate income for you. Definitely. And that's kind of like the, uh, who's, who's the guy who wrote uh, rich dad, poor dad. Kiyosaki. Uh, Kiyosaki, yeah. Yeah, that was one of his big things, right? Like you want to get into that that quadrant where it's passive income and it kind of grows itself. You don't really even need to pay attention to it. You need to make sure your properties are nice or whatever, but it's not requiring 40 hours a week of you typing stuff into spreadsheets in order to generate this income. Mm -hmm. I think one of the interesting trends these days is that in the past, you had a lot of individuals, some of the great minds trying to get go towards like investment banking and everybody, you know, saw that as an opportunity to make gobs of money. Mm-hmm. But now, you know, some of the greatest minds are leaving that and going to technology because that's where you can make vast amounts of money. Well, you can make way more money, especially, uh, so venture capital money is extreme, or it has been, it's starting to see a rain in now, but it's been extremely fast and loose. So it, we've, I think we've almost been seeing another uh, VC tech bubble like happened in the 90s or the dot-com era, the dot-com bubble. I think we're seeing another thing like that. And I think, uh, I think actually what that is caused by is uh, the extremely low interest rates that uh, you can get right now on loans. It, it creates... Uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Malinvestment. Mm-hmm. People are looking for different returns. Yeah, because you're not gonna. You're, yeah, you're not gonna keep your money in debt when your debt's hardly uh, returning above inflation. Well, yeah, it's like interesting because there's all these companies that are going to be IPOing, right? And 
couple of years, you have like Uber, Airbnb, and like everyone's thinking about like what's the next wave of companies like that. These companies were kind of built on like your phone. Like there's companies that like have all been built on like the rise of like smartphones. But like, yeah. what's the next wave? Is it like augmented reality? Is it like driverless cars? Like what's what's the future? I think everyone's looking. What's the next wave? Yeah, I think I, th- I think the thing we're waiting for right now is another jump in technology. We've kind of been reaching. So uh, what was the 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 famous model? Uh, not like a person, but. Uh, uh, innovation model where uh, technology has been doubling like exponentially over the past 10 years. It's like the size of microchips or whatever has been decreasing. Yeah. And like the, the, and, uh, the amount of uh, storage like RAM. Been- yeah. And all this stuff. Uh, I think the next thing we're going to see is we're going to see a gigantic jump uh, once quantum computing gets figured out or even like biometric computing. Uh, if there's a, there, there's a, there's another way that's going to be more efficient, and it's going to there's there's not a way to pick what is going to happen next. I don't think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is it it's like that, Moore's right? Moore's law. Moore's law. Yes, that is exactly right. Yeah, and I think we're kind of reaching the inflection point of where we can't really continue to, because things can only get so small, especially uh, using like physical uh, computer computer like. Uh, components because at, at some point the electrons get too close together and they start interfering with each other, right? Quantum tunneling and all this stuff. So there, there has to be a different, a different branch that's going to come out and then that's going to completely change the game. Just like, just like computers changed the game for the previous generation. Yeah. But, I th- and I think that the, as far as, you know, like always looking for the next thing and, you know, as far as VC becoming overinflated and, um, jumping into the tech industry and you know you're constantly striving i think going back to the fire movement it's it's imp- i think one of the the most important things and correct and let me know what you think there soren is just essentially living below your meaning means and continuing to put that money away and have that that nest egg that allows you to keep generating capital instead of living above your means and trying to um, maybe create that that search for you know something that's ab- above and beyond what you're gonna reach to a certain extent that sounds kind of yeah I think like it like distills like spend like like the whole movement can be just like like spend less than you make and invest the difference and so mm-hmm. and, and I think that like one of the powerful books that I rec- right, that I read that I really recommend reading is called uh, Your Money or Your Life, and it's written by this woman uh, Vicky Vicky Robin, and she wrote it with her husband who retired. I think he was in investment banking in the like fifties and sixties, and he retired off of like bond income. And I think this was before when like bond rates were like eight ten percent. Like you could actually live off a portfolio that had all bonds in it. And yeah. her her whole thought is just like being conscious with what what you're spending and what what she does is like part of the book and part of the process you manually calculate like how much money does it cost for me um like how much money does my my job cost and what's my actual amount of money that i make per hour so you take like all all like the information that like your your total salary but then you also factor in the amount of time it takes to like commute to work the amount of time it takes like like 
time and investment. Oh, you have to buy clothes for work. Oh, I have to like get makeup for work or you know some kind of thing. Uh, other other things like that. what are all the costs? Oh, I go out for lunch every single yeah. day because that's part of work. You add up all these costs and you divide it by the actual amount of hours. You know, it takes you like an hour to commute to go to work. And you add that in and you factor that in and you look at what am I actually making per hour? And I think that when I did it like a couple of years ago, it was like, I'm making like 10 bucks an hour. And then I'll go to like Starbucks and it's like, oh, it's like a $5 mocha, choco, whatever, you know, whatever bullshit like coffee thing. It's like, oh, yeah, this is like half an hour of my working life. Yeah. That I'm Once spending on expenses. Yeah. And it's like, you know, if, if I value that, sure, go ahead. But like, I didn't, I don't fucking value that. Like, that's not like, that's not worth half an hour of my time. And I, I think like, that's what it, for me, that's like a really powerful thing is thinking about, I'm being conscious with the money that I'm spending. I'm not just like spending this thing. And it, it's, it's like a growing process. And of course, like I'll go out to dinner and spend like a hundred bucks. I'll be like, God fucking damn it. But <laughs> it's, it's like it, it's consciously thinking about it. Yeah, no, I think I think that's super important, especially when you, yeah, that was very powerful. You said it there is you, you did all these calculations. Like you look, if I wasn't working where I'm working, would I need a car? Could I live closer and walk maybe or something? cut down on the commute, all this stuff. You take all that into consideration. You look at what you're making and then, yeah, going to buy a, a $5 fancy coffee and you're sitting there, yeah, that's a half hour of my time. Mm -hmm. How long is it going to take to drink? Two minutes? Like, is, is that something that's worthwhile to me? No. And just being conscious of how much money you're spending. Because I think, especially with all the subscription services and stuff that we have now, it's very easy to just sign up for something and forget about it. And you don't realize that every single month they're taking an hour of your time away. Like let's talk about Netflix. You're working an hour, an entire hour out of your 40 hour week, just paying for that Netflix. I wonder what, like the, if you look at the, the pro productivity as far as, you know, having Netflix and HBO and Hulu and all this stuff. If you look at, you know, the amount of time you're, you've spent like on that stuff relative to when you could be doing stuff something that you're else. getting done in life, if that, if there's kind of that, that relationship where, you know, those people are just basically doing nothing with their lives. But Torsten, oh, yeah. you wouldn't know about Ted Bundy if you didn't watch TV. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> but that's the other thing, very true. We, we don't want people to think too deeply about that because if someone made it this far into this episode, that's that's yeah. that's think how much money ever getting yeah. back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so don't don't consider that too deeply. Yes, <laughs> don't think no, about. Yeah, that that stuff that stuff is the kind of stuff that will break your brain. And you're sitting there like you you look at like if if you could track how much time you spent on on Netflix, you'd be disgusted with yourself. I guarantee it. Because uh, in college, I used to play uh, this one video game, uh, Star Wars, as an MMO. And at any time, you could type in slash played, and it would uh -huh. tell you how long you were logged on for. And you would do that and be like, this is literal weeks of my life that are gone. How many weeks did you have? I don't know. I probably had... Was it over 50? No. <laughs> an entire year. <laughs> All I did was play it for an entire year. <laughs> no, like I had, I had like 300 hours. Which is insane. And you're still like ranked at like the bottom? <laughs> well, actually, I was the number one DPS on our server for an entire month. So it was worth it, guys. Let me tell you. <laughs> Make sure to put that on your resume. 
I did, and then no one ever called me back. I don't, I don't get it. <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking, but speaking of fire, though, and getting yeah. rich quick schemes, there was the fire festival uh, documentary that came out on Netflix as blowing up. This was something that happened was about a year ago now. But the crazy thing is, you had first experience of this, right? Like you actually bought tickets, right, Kyle? Yeah, I dropped five grand. <laughs> I, I actually I thought it was fine because at the time I was living under a bridge anyway, so uh, I, I got there and they had a tent for me set up, which is more than I have at home. So As an upgrade. Yeah, I was, I was very excited. <laughs> uh, well, I, so, I only saw a part of that. It seemed pretty interesting where they had one of these hype artists uh, pitching venture capitalist, pitching everybody that he worked with, and you know just kind of the reflection of of people that he was with. Um, on what kind of, uh, almost want to say a kind of an airhead in terms of, you know, just trying to hype everything up, but with no substance. Oh, absolutely. And, and he was always touted at least in the first quarter of the documentary as someone who could just get money from anybody. But they, I think they said something that a lot of people don't realize, and this is why he went to jail is people weren't just giving him money because he was such a good talker. He was uh, actively committing fraud saying, if, if this doesn't happen, you get 100% of your investment back. Just which is straight unheard up lying of. to people. Yeah, just straight, that's, well, that's, yeah, that's, that's why fraud. But uh, Yeah, I think honestly that he is a psychopath. Like just like no, no feelings, just like destroyed a lot of people. Well, Just especially crazy. if you, yeah, like you look at the people he destroyed, like this one, uh, this one uh, restaurant owner down in the Caribbean worked and used her own money. She basically used $50,000 for someone down there. That's her entire life savings for these three months that the people were down there. And she's probably not going to see a cent of that back. They raised like a, there's a Kickstarter of those for her. Oh, I didn't see that. That's that's great. No, I love that. I think she got like 150,000 or something. Oh, shit. People raised a ton of money for it. That's crazy. And that just shows like the the beauty of our our culture. I know know we have a broken culture right now, but that's- that's, that's Yeah, that's the upside, you know, of our culture today. Because yeah, I guess the the downside is you have instances like this where you can have an individual, you know, hype up everybody around him and then under- perform and it ends up you know tragically hurting people and i'm sure that happens on a a grand scale um but then on the other hand you have those you know kickstarter campaigns and and helping people out like that instance which is actually one of the coolest things about our society today that that type of capability yeah but also there already are people who are taking advantage of of people like this that that will raise money uh there was this uh this lady out in, uh, where was it? New Jersey, who posted this viral campaign about how this homeless man gave her his last $20 so she could get gas and drive home. And they ended up raising $400,000, and it was all a complete lie. They were buying BMWs. The homeless guy, they gave him like a hundred grand, and he, he spent it immediately on like drugs or something. And it was just, it was a scam. It was 100% a scam. And they got caught, and now those people are finally going to jail. But it, it like, it's everything that we do. There's always going to be someone who's going to be able to find a way to take advantage for their own personal gain. 
that's what like the thing that interested me the most like i work in like app and like the the hype and i think like this this fire festival like exists like this perfect moment where you have this rise of social media people are hyping it up and like they they got all these influencers on like instagram and all these models to like post these things and they did like that like orange like post where it just yeah. like, plotted out the internet and people just like hyped and like they're like yeah i'll spend three thousand dollars i'll spend twenty five thousand dollars i'll sell my sh-. like i think they said this in the documentary because i watched both of them there's like the netflix and the hulu one yep um and they're like, yeah, I sold a whole bunch of shit to like buy this like experience. And it's like, oh, like, yeah, yeah. just like this hype, just like a nothing. And that's the one thing I kind of, I, I disliked about the media coverage of this was it, it, it looked like for, I'm, I'm sure these were most of the people, but it looked like, oh, rich kids get scammed. Haha, ha, it's pretty funny, right? Mm-hmm. But that, that's not the whole case of it. There's people's lives who are getting ruined. There's people, yeah, who, who, who this was maybe going to be their only vacation for like five years. And they're like, oh, this is going to be excellent. Like, I mean, you look at like the promos, like it looks cool. Like I'm not even an Instagram guy and it looks like something that I would enjoy. Like it looks fun. And yeah, if that like, was going to uh, be. Was it Pablo Escobar's island? Yeah. Just like, yeah, it looks kind of cool. What was yeah, hilarious looks- is that they got that and the person who sold it to them was like, Make sure you never mention that it was Pablo, Pablo Escobar's ad. <laughs> the first, like, oh, yeah, like the first stitch hole. <laughs> the first ad, yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, it just shows like those guys are idiots. And then what gets really gross is I don't know if you've seen this yet, Torsten, but later on in the documentary, oh, while he's on bail. It. Just kidding. <laughs> while he's on bail for his first uh, getting arrested for the fire festival, he starts running extra scams in a penthouse hotel while he's on bail. Wow. And do you know what's messed up? So he was on the line for like 20 years in prison. And spoiler alert, he only ends up getting six. Wow. Yeah, he's like sending out like shit like go to the Met Gala. And like Met Gala is like known to like not have tickets. And it's like, here, like I'm going to sell you tickets to like this thing. Like you have to be like the Met Gala, like you have to be vetted by like uh, like Vogue's like Anna Winter has to like approve you to go to this thing yeah, he's you like to, yeah i'm gonna you sell you these fucking tickets <laughs> and it's like you know who's who's dumb enough like it's just like dumb money as well yeah, and, and he was like, saying like like lunch with taylor swift or something and taylor swift like already says i will never sell like a lunch because i follow her super closely <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but uh she's like i'll never i'll never sell tickets to like <laughs> experiences i'll never have a me. lunch with kyle she's like <laughs> i Kyle's like, yeah. I've sent her like 300 messages and she said no every time. And then she stopped <laughs> responding and blocked me. So I and know. And then I bought a $5,000 ticket and I haven't heard since. <laughs> you tell everyone that this is what she's, she's like. She won't meet with anyone. She won't meet with any. She's like meeting with people left and right. Like she won't meet with anybody. It might have been the 14 pictures I sent her of, uh, of my manhood, but I don't know. Who knows? I'm sure that wouldn't help in any type of relationship, Kyle. Well, I'm, it's only hurt, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's the... What was interesting the, inter- the documentary, too, is like, so there's like these two competing docs. Uh, the Netflix one, so like the, the this guy, Billy, he hired this like media team, and they're called... Uh, Jerry Media and like the group is like fuck Jerry. They're like this yeah. famous like agency that like just like can hype stuff up on social media because this is like the gold 
like the the, the modern like like gold of our age is like social media yeah, like like, like the madman of of 2020 uh-huh and like what what was kind of skeptical what i just like have like an ethical like issue with this is that they they produced the documentary i don't know if you know this like jerry media oh. like the way they got all this stuff and, and they hyped this thing up and of course there's I, to me, there's no fucking way you don't know that this thing isn't going to go down in flames when you have no, like, there's no, like, nobody, logistics is all shitty. Everything, you had to have known something. And then for them to, like, profit off, off of it just makes me kind of angry. Yeah, yeah. And then you, you kind of look, you look at it a week out, there's, like, 20 tents up. Like, you know this isn't going to be successful. Yeah, like you like have meetings and stuff like that and go through logistics and it's like, nope, I don't know, planes aren't coming, you know, we don't have any villas. We have to yeah. move the fucking island like it's a It's not a private island. island. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, I, I, you, you knew what was going on. The Hulu well, yeah, one it, too, like they paid Billy to interview, which is just like, ugh. They paid Billy for what? To to be interviewed in it. I think they paid him like two hundred thousand. Jesus. Are you serious? So it's like both of them have a little bit of issues that I have. Yeah, that's crazy. So uh, you've seen both. I've only seen the Netflix since I don't have Hulu. Which what what do you think does a better representation of the facts? Uh, I think the Netflix one does. I, I like the director. He's a guy who I think he's a lucky guy. He did that. I don't know if you guys saw his like American movie uh, no. documentary. It's about like these two like Milwaukee guys who are kind of like. Joe Schmoes and they try and make a they try and make a movie. It's pretty hilarious. Like they're What's like the movie called it. that they're trying to make. It's called American Movie. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, and like I like this director, but I think like they do a good job of like examining all the people who were impacted by it. Yeah, and like they did like I think yeah you, you we were just talking about like the woman and like the all the pe- all the people who were like on the ground, all the contractors who weren't paid for all the work they did. Like these guys like beforehand were working like twenty four hours a day trying to set up all these tents and all this water and all this like booze. I think they spent like a million dollars on booze and just yeah. like craziness well, of not cra- getting paid. The craziest thing is, well, it's probably not the craziest compared to working for a month and not getting paid. But so the, this Billy's like right hand man is uh, he's a gay individual. And oh, yeah. there was apparently four trucks worth of, of uh, what was it? Evian water that couldn't make it through customs. So this Billy calls this guy who's been in the industry for decades, widely respected, and says, hey, I need you to go to the customs official and suck his dick so that we can get the water for the festival. That's what he had him, That's what he told him? Yeah. Yes. And Jeez. the guy said, out of all the experience I had, I was ready to do it. Wow. And that just shows yeah. how this psychopath can get in your brain. Luckily, luckily, he goes there and the guy's like, I'll give you the water. I'll get, just stop. I'll give you the water. You don't need to do that. <laughs> but... It just shows the extent that this guy, this is one of this guy's probably best friends in the world. And he asks him to do that so they can have water at the festival. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Oh, did you do, I don't know, I forget which document, which one this was in, but there was like one of these. Like there was like a, a free for all for all the tech. 
at one point where Billy's like, like people realize like all these villas and all this stuff doesn't exist. And oh like, yeah. Billy's like here. Yeah. Just like find your own tent. And like, there's like this free for all where everybody's like running to get to the tents. Cause you know, it's getting nighttime and you're like, Oh fuck. I like, I need to get like shelter. Yeah. And there was like one of these bros who's like, yeah, we didn't want anyone like beside us. So what we did is like, we like slashed like the tents yeah. around us that and we peed on them. And it's just like, like it's like Lord of the Flies. It's like, fucking Lord just... of the Flies, man. Yeah. Wow. Well, what do they say? We, we're like like seven meals away from being in anarchy. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, that's one of my favorite quotes. Yeah, where's that from? I just saw it recently. I don't know, but it's like such a great line. It's true. I think it was from Bird Box, actually. Oh, really? Yeah, which is one of the only deep things to come from that movie. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that is wild. Absolutely wild. Dude, I got to watch the rest of the documentary. I haven't seen it all. Oh, it's definitely worth it. Uh, that's one of the better things that have come out on Netflix in the I past six months. understand yeah. why that – so that venture capitalist woman, that blonde-haired lady who was with him for – what was his first, like, steel Oh, yeah, card? his really bad – yeah, his really mm-hmm. bad credit card idea. Magnesis or something. Yeah. Magnesis. It's like, oh, we'll get you into all the events. It's, it's such a great deal. You want to get into this concert? We got you. Dirt cheap. And then there's all these complaints like, hey, you know what? This, you're not getting us into this stuff. And so that like completely tanked, right? But he made money off of it? No, it didn't tank. Do you know why, though? Why? So they were, he was using the money from that he was raising for Fire Festival to pay the difference in what the cost was for the events for that credit card. Are you serious? Yes. Wow. I missed that. Well, it like, comes later in the, in the thing that you missed. So but, that's why that venture capitalist lady liked him then. She's yeah, because, like, oh. I mean, he looked like he was probably doing great. But it was, yeah. it's a pyramid scheme. It was just get your next thing going so that I can pay my last people off and then just keep it rolling until I go to jail, basically. Wow. That's insane. Yeah, like the, so, and then like... And, uh, they're like, oh, yeah, I think he'll be around in like 10 years, like doing something else. Like people yeah, are like, yeah, yeah, I think he'll be back. Yeah, I, I want to meet the idiot that will sign a contract that he that he wrote. How I wonder how his and Ja Rule's relationship is. I think it's still OK. Ja Rule. What a like what an idiot. I can't stand Ja Rule. He got in a big fight with Eminem, right? Did I he? I don't he mentioned like Eminem's daughter in a song or something. And Eminem like ended his career. <laughs> like that's why he doesn't rap anymore. Good old Jaw. That old Jaw. Yeah. Should we turn it, into a rap beef podcast? <laughs> I think we could pull it off being three of the whitest people you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> we go to the idea. beach and it's just like you don't need a light, just a beacon <laughs> at the beach. At night. They're like, God, I'm getting sunburnt over here. And you're like, sorry. <laughs> So speaking yeah. of uh, changing a little topics here, I, I ran uh, the uh, nickname generator for Soren. Yeah. Because uh, that's kind of our thing is, is we, we can't create like uh, innovative stuff ourselves. We use generators to do it. And your, your, your generated nickname is European Muffin. <laughs> <laughs> Great. That's, do you like that? Are you going to keep it? I will keep it for the length of this podcast. <laughs> At least. You got to tell your wife. She, that's going to be the new thing. Uh-huh. European, European muffin. European muffin. I mean, Torsten's was T-bone Neemanator. 
So that's pretty, that's pretty good. I mean, that that's better than your that sounds like something like our football coaches would have called. Yeah, T Bone. Hey, T Bone. What was the thing that they always called you? Because like your your name jumbled up could like make a word or something. I don't know. For me, they called me Neiman. That's what they called me. Neiman. Neiman. That, that, that lacks creativity. Say. I feel like I know most high school coaches probably do. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> couldn't pronounce it. Um, you want to jump into some of our rejections? Yeah, let's talk about rejections. And also, I kind of have thoughts on rejections. How are your rejections going, Kyle? Well, I was not, I, I'm not doing the first three anymore. I've given up. All right. And also, I think I don't want to use a list for rejections. I want to do our own. Okay. Well, I've got one for you set up already. What is it? Singing in public. Oh God, that's like my nightmare. That sounds pretty bad. And Soren, you're welcome to to join again next week, and we can uh, watch the video of you singing in public. Do you want to? Actually, this has been fun. I would be down anytime you want to come on. Yeah, I would love to join. I think this is fun. Yeah, this is great. Let's 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 in, let's include Torsen on, on this, and I want to see him sing in public. So you pick something. We gotta we gotta turn off. The, <laughs> pretend to turn off the phone. And then someone's like, oh, it's freaking sucked. Yeah. <laughs> All right, idiot. we are done recording. He's like, never talk to me again. <laughs> I know we're brothers, but fuck you. <laughs> All right, so you're going to sing in public then? Is that for me? That, that's mine? That's, yeah, that's so, you. So, okay. Oh, um, we, had, we used to have to sing. I, I taught English in South Korea. They would oh, they would God. bring these like to meet to like these like teacher gatherings. These be like these mandatory. I hated these mandatory meetings where you'd go to the longest dinner. Everyone was speaking Korean. I didn't know any Korean, <laughs> and then they would force everyone to go to karaoke afterwards. And this wasn't like I don't know if you guys have been to like regular karaoke at like a bar, but this is like Korean style karaoke. They're and you're super stuck. Into it, let me, right? let me super. pause you real quick. How did they force you to sing karaoke? Like. Get over there! Like tying well, your hands. There's over. like a gun to your head. <laughs> He's crying. <laughs> Sing! Sing! Uh, they it's just like like I was on my own, like in a foreign country. They would drive. We'd be as a whole group of people, and then they'd just be like, "Yeah, we're gonna go to karaoke afterwards." And I can't be like, "Yeah, I'm gonna go home." Like I, I don't know how to go home. You know what I mean? Like Is the there first Uber couple here? times. Yeah. <laughs> Like yeah, like I didn't have like a phone or anything like that. Oh Christ! Just be like yeah, like the first time I meet that. This is like the first night I met people, and I'd be like, yeah, yeah I'm going home because I fucking hate singing. And that'd be that'd be so much weirder if you're just like, I'm going home, and they're just like, what? <laughs> and you just like leave, and you're just like, oh whoa, wait, what it, just it happened? Would, it'd be less awkward if you sprinted away, <laughs> yeah, like, like, like off into the night, just like <laughs> jump out of a window. They're just like, you, holy shit, where did he go? <laughs> Yeah, but like, so they would they would take you and it would be like this room and you'd have a microphone and you'd go around there'd be like 10 people like all foreigners all I didn't know and then they would like bring the microphone around and then they would choose songs for me that I would have to sing and, and just you like to sing just in front of those 10 people. Yeah, it was. It was oh like, like, no like way! Fucking like nightmare. <laughs> that's why, like, like my wife loves karaoke, and I just like never can go because it's like it just like it's like P. You know, I don't want to compare myself to a soldier or anything like that, but it's like PTSD. Yeah. Just like someone hands you a flashing. microphone, you start screaming. Yeah. <laughs> oh god! Okay. No, I, I don't think there could be a worse way to sing karaoke than like. 
they put you in a room with 10 people that you don't know and they're like yeah. never met before yeah, and, and they like, choose the music too sing this j-pop for me and you're just and like they, yeah they wouldn't go. choose like easy songs it'd be like like queen like bohemian rhapsody <laughs> yeah. or like like, you know, like, like 20 like, minutes <laughs> long you just feel like an <laughs> asshole the entire time or like people cho- yeah they literally chose uh, like eminem uh without you know that song like without me yeah i'm not gonna i'm not gonna like sing it for you guys but come on sing in public (laughs) i would pay money to hear you sing queen yeah (laughs) so hard like it's so hard and like you know like they like turn down the voice so it's like just like your awkward voice in the microphone (laughs) they didn't even put a background track over it (laughs) It's like a tiny, like, like tiny, like like not not hearable. Like to me, at least, I don't know. Like who knows? Like how much I'm distorting it, but I'm so fucking crying here. I think I think that's a. I think we'll, that will be your rejection for next week, Soren. Just to go back. Yeah, go back to South Korea within the next week and sing notes. Uh, Dude, I can't think of a worse punishment. Oh yeah, because I I then uh, I did it like a couple times and then I just like noped out. Like, yeah. I was just like, no, sorry, I'm not coming. Yeah, this like, sucks. It was like, like a weird like Korean fun. thing where it's like everyone has to go. Like, like no. I'm not trying to have sex with anybody here, so I don't need to do this. Yeah, <laughs> it's like the end of a work day, and they're like, yeah, and literally this would take like three hours for dinner, and then two to three hours of karaoke minimum. Oh man! So a quick question like, about uh, South Korea, though: Is there South Korean barbecue legit there, or is that an American thing? Yeah, yeah. There's like Korean barbecue is amazing, and it, yeah, it's, it's so it's good. Like I, good I miss Korean too. food. It's so good. Um, yeah, just like, and then they have like the grills. Oh, like you yeah. go to the restaurants, they have like the grills at your table, and they'll bring her all the banchan, which is all side dishes and just like some of the some of the best food i've ever had is in korea yeah that's a, that's one yeah, of the I lost a bunch of weight and then i came back and I, it's just like it's like like you eat like kimchi and like they have like soups for every meal i love they kimchi. don't have like a lot of snacks they have like at the like the meals we had lunches and like they were like the best meals ever i don't know like how you like when when we were in elementary school tours and we had like the worst fucking food Oh, man. Like our elementary school. It's like got so bad. Mashed potato, peas, and ham. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, no. It's like gluey, like pizza, cheese, you know, like, oh. like that kind of stuff. Yeah. But yeah, they have like, like really delicious, like homemade food. So good. That sounds great. Like, yeah. The Korean food is, is probably in my top three right now. Can you, Mexican can food you is also amazing. Drink, do the Koreans drink much? Oh, they drink a ton. Like, so, you, you, you guys ever had soju? No, don't they turn red though? They do turn red. Yeah. Uh, so there's like soju is like an alcoholic. I would compare it to like vodka, but it's like twenty percent alcohol. Okay, so and, it's like a, a wine almost. Yeah, almost like that. But it's like I think it at least it was a couple of years ago, like the most consumed per capita drink, like alcoholic drink, like in the world. Oh, really? Hey, uh, like sorry, real stuff. quick. Yeah, uh, you're you're kind of cutting in and out. Okay, am I am I okay right now? Yeah, now you are. Uh, can we also can we take like thirty seconds? Yeah, take a leak. I have to pee super bad. I'm freezing my butt off in this fifty degree apartment. Yeah, <laughs> what yeah, are you getting? And, and it's making me have to pee so bad. All right. <laughs> yeah. Am I cutting out now, Torsner? 
Hey, did you guys have a good convo while I was gone? Because I might leave it in. Um, it's it. Well, we can listen to it. We'll see. All right, but uh, I'm back now, so sorry about that. The one right. good thing about living in Milwaukee when your apartment building's uh, heater dies is that you don't need ice anymore. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, how cold? Is. How cold is it? I've heard like Chicago was freezing, right? Like negative yeah, twenty. So when, yeah, when I walked to work this morning, it was negative twenty-two. Oh, it wasn't bad though. Like that's the thing; it wasn't that cold. Like it did was, you, yeah, it was cold. But like, did you wear leggings? Well, no, I wore uh, I wore smart wool underneath my pants. Okay, it was fine though. Like I was that's, fine. I, I think that's one of the main things is wearing something underneath your pants. Oh yeah. Because I walked home on Tuesday when it was also like negative 20 and I actually got really pissed at all of the, uh, uh, bars around Milwaukee because the Marquette game was on and I don't have Fox sports one. It started at five 30 and everyone was closed because of cold weather. So I was, I was salty. I was sitting there. I'm like, <laughs> Oh, Fuck you guys. I, I'm going <laughs> to prove my point. I'm going to walk home. It's like a mile. I don't give a shit. I'm going to do it. And I walked home, and when I got home, my legs were bright pink underneath <laughs> my <laughs> Like, I, I took my pants off, and they were like, like frostbitten from underneath jeans. That's crazy. Yeah, I, so like, cool. I live in San Francisco, and yeah, people are such babies about the weather. Like, it's like, if it gets below 50, people go like, get like crazy, can't go outside. Yeah, the only thing about San Francisco is you have to worry about the syringes, right? Yeah, all the <laughs> all the needles. Yeah, the homeless population is like crazy here. Yeah, it's, it's isn't it so. somewhere like upwards of ten thousand? Yeah, and I think uh, like it's like a combination of things. Where lots of people. I think I think other cities and things have shipped people here, and I also think that like, I've read the about weather that, yeah. is very nice. People I've read Portland has shipped people too to uh san francisco yeah and the weather that that's the biggest thing probably and there's like a very lax there's lack i I don't know how this has been instituted but a very lack kind of police presence and the like you'll go down the street and people will be literally like shooting up um i've seen like people even outside like my office building i've seen people like doing meth like like putting like like injecting themselves with syringes outside your office yeah like literally this weekend we took our our we have a new like oh i want to familiar she's from like the farms out in northern california she's not used to the city and all like these fucking crazy homeless people and i went to like my office literally in front of it someone had erected like a tent in front of my office building i i I, we were in a small office this is kind of like a a small our main office is in new york but it's a smaller one out in san francisco so not like a big like presence and it's kind of like an off street in the financial district of san francisco but someone had erected like a huge tent across the inside of it and it's like this like big white sheet that covered the whole entrance to our office Jeez. and like, like it's like this like amorphous blob i can't tell like how many people are in there and i'm just like i'm not fucking going in there you know yeah. like like waiting <laughs> it's like like, like 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 eight feet deep and like you know 16 feet across and like you, you can see like a couple like shapes I'm just like, I'm not like wading into that. No, yeah. that's like the end of my life. You yeah, know, like, I don't want to get 
get a disease from a <laughs> syringe. And I don't want I don't want my like scared golden retriever to like experience Quick, that. Yeah. Grab them. They're we're gonna do more <laughs> karaoke. Yeah. That would be my oh, second nightmare. Is like karaoke. I go, yeah. <laughs> going to this thing, yeah, and they wrap me up and force me to do karaoke. <laughs> No, Say, but th- th- those uh, there's been shanty towns popping up all over, even here in. Mo- uh, so about a block away, f- way away from where I live, for about three months until about December when it started getting negatives, like negative Fahrenheit, there was a shanty town of probably fifty tents underneath a bridge. And what's That's- really messed up about that is uh, my, my girlfriend works at Medical College of Wisconsin, which is down the road from here. Um, one of those homeless people, and they actually they caught him. Uh, come, he, he, so apparently he stays at the shantytown south of Marquette, but goes to the homeless shelter, ended up murdering a nurse practitioner, Jeez. Which, which is what my girlfriend is. Recently? Yeah, like two days ago. Wow. That's scary. Like, like so, this is this is where I I I I fall into a little bit of cognitive dissonance. Is like I'm a I'm a huge libertarian. Like that, that's my 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 mindset. But you can't just let people congregate in communities like this because because you don't know what they're you, you don't know what they're talking about. You don't know who's in the communities, and and so I so that's something that I've been struggling with. Do you think so? How do you do? You think what do you think the answer is to these these uh, shanty towns that have been popping up? Yeah, it's so hard. Like, I used to work in like before, like my current kind of jobs that I've had in like marketing. I used to work in homeless services in New York City, and like, what do you? It's just like it's like an existential question, right? Like, do you yeah. take someone who's like looks like they're mentally ill, who's like taking up like a subway uh portion of the subway like pooping or or doing something like awful and do you just like put them in a room and do you like evaluate them or what do you like what do you do with these people like that's such a hard question like do you just throw them give them medication right like well all the medical facilities like all the psychological wards have been taken down right since was it roosevelt or reagan yeah, but there there is there's problems with those things too. Those psych wards that were yeah popping up like yeah in like the early forties, right? Yeah. Is when they kind of went away. Oh, is that was that long ago? Wow. Oh yeah, they they stopped doing that in like the forties. Yeah, okay. because but also that, that that's one of those things. Like, are you free in a civilized society to be as crazy as you want if? If you're if you're hurting other people, I see that's a thing, but you don't know if they're going to. Yeah, are you like are you guys like hyper conscious? Like for me, and maybe this is just different for like my area. Like I'm very conscious of like homeless people, or especially at night and things like that. And I think my wife is very hyper conscious of like if someone's like being aware. I think it goes back to the Ted Bundy conversation, like being oh, yeah. aware of your environment. No, yeah, I'm definitely I'm definitely in that in that hyper conscious. Uh, hyper-conscious category. And I think so. Honestly. Uh, oh, go well, ahead. Well, I was going to say, for, so my Christmas present to, to my family and my girlfriend. Was it uh, gone? No. It, I'm, I'm, so I'm not into like giving someone like, like here's a free gift card for pizza tomorrow. Like, so uh, we're, we're all taking a concealed carry class together. 
And I, I don't know if that makes me like a psycho. I don't think it does because I think the only person that's that's responsible for your defense is yourself. I mean, you can look at the 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 rulings in uh, police involved uh, interventions. The the police are not legally obligated to defend you if their life is in jeopardy. Yeah, that's a little scary. I mean, will will some of them do that? Yes, but they're not legally obligated to do so. Yeah, you could hope that they would step up. You would hope so. Yeah, yeah those. So. It's I, you honestly, I don't think about it too much. I don't think about like the the. I don't think about being like a, a attacked or anything in my area. But if you go closer to downtown, like there is a ton of them all over the place. And you have to, I think you have to be a little bit more vigilant, especially um, when you're, you know, crossing paths with some of them. Yeah. But I just had a, a buddy who told me a story. He lives in Canada, but he was visiting one of his friends in Chicago. And um, there was this, this, uh, he, he's going, he, he's, a, he's doing very well for himself, but he's just walking around in downtown Chicago. And this homeless guy kind of comes up to them and he's, he's, you know, he's from uh, China. So he's a little bit unfamiliar with, you know, some of the, the homeless man or your friend, my friend and (laughs) my, my friend's buddy. Yeah. So he's a little bit unfamiliar with how things are in the United States, but he was just trying to be nice to this guy. And so the guy asked him to buy something at like a Walgreens or something. And so he's like, you know what? Okay, fine. And he buys him whatever this trinket is. And the homeless man, like before the guy is about to pass it over to the homeless guy, the homeless guy slaps his hand and like it falls down and breaks. And then the homeless guy got very aggressive. Like, yo, what? you dropped that. You got to buy me something else. Give me the cash. Oh, God. He's really getting in his face. And then that's, this what, guy that's, got- that's super messed up because he's just trying to like do something good. Yeah. That's like so. Like a week ago, I'm not trying to like sound like a virtuous person or anything because I'm absolutely not. But I, I, I was walking. Uh, I was walking to Yuli's here, sponsorship by Yuli's. Uh, get your cigar. No, I'm just <laughs> the natural, natural integration. <laughs> yeah, uh, I was walking to Yuli's. Uh, you offer it up to Yuli's, and they're like, "Nah, we we prefer not to be associated." Like, with please it. don't You're mention good. us. Can you yeah. Cut that out? Uh, so I was walking there to get a cigar and uh, when I walked out a homeless guy's like, Hey man, you got any money? And I was like, no, dude, I don't carry cash. I can buy you a sandwich. There was a, there's a, a subway right there. He's like, yeah, I want that. Can and you I was exchange like, this for cash? Just, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll return the sub. <laughs> I was, yeah. I was like, well, you can't return a sub, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to return this. <laughs> you just made it. We asked you everything you wanted on it. <laughs> you made it wrong. I'm sorry. I changed my mind. That should be part of your rejection uh, therapy stuff. Is making well, actually, a huge custom sandwich and then ask for a refund. Um, let's think about that. But I have a I have a good rejection for Soren. And that's <laughs> I thought he's, he's singing because that's his that's his thing. You need or to think observe. of a rejection for me. How about observe a high school class? <laughs> well, I'm not allowed like within 500 feet of children, so how's that going to work? All girls, like high school class. <laughs> why, why, why the girls? No, I'm just kidding. Can I observe? <laughs> Whoa. 
I'm sure. Yeah, they'd probably create some. They they'd probably think, put you on a list. Yeah, yeah dude, create like, like if you weren't on a list before, you are now. So, so, I, so I'd walk into like a school and like go to like a, <laughs> like say I need to meet with the principal and say I need to like observe a class. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, well, no, that's that's way worse because then you're like lying <laughs> to them. Like, to just say like, "Hey, like I'm on a podcast and I have to do this." But if you lie to them, then they're gonna think you're some like. How's that lying? How's that? How's that lying? He needs to observe a class. <laughs> I need I to need trust you. me. If if I don't, I am. I don't even know what's gonna happen. <laughs> How many times do I have to push? No, no, oh. you just you just get rejected. And then I go. No, yeah, it's just it's all about just asking the question. You have to say please at least seven times. (laughs) Please. So so sorry. (laughs) The worst thing that happened is I was super pumped to do this rejection therapy. I the first time I go, I'm I'm at Major Goolsby's here in Wisconsin, a proud sponsor of this. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I go there and I'm like, that's the the new thing. Sorry, like the new thing is people faking. Sponsorships. Have you heard this? <laughs> is that on like is Instagram that people? Who, people who think like, oh yeah, I'm gonna like I'm gonna. And they fake like, oh like, I'm Chanel. Just... I Chanel partnered with me to do this. And it's just like bullshit. Oh, I, are, well, are they doing it in jest? Or are they doing it in order to like? No, because it 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 it's like this subtle cue that sends to people like, oh yeah, like they're a big deal because like they're sponsored oh, by like, this big group. It's like this like weird. That is the worst thing. thing I've ever heard. Yeah, people care too much about that shit. But I guess you can make a lot of money from it. So, I mean, it makes sense. <laughs> no, but they're doing it because they're not being sponsored. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, though. Like, they're, they're hoping they're going to get a sponsorship from it. Or they're yeah, that, like brands are like, no, we don't want like Joe Schmo. Yeah, you know, like, like, that's like cringy Jim. as fuck. Like <laughs> us as Chanel doesn't want the guy who's sitting in his apartment that can't afford a heater, sitting in seventeen sweatshirts, yeah, in a bottle be because his his toilet's frozen. Chanel doesn't want to be attached <laughs> to that person. No, <laughs> that's that's the memo they send you. Yeah, like they just describe like my entire life right there. You don't want to be associated with you at all, Kyle. <laughs> if you could actually say that you hate us, please do that. <sighs> That's a well, new like sponsorship. These... I hate sponsorship. Oh, that might be a thing actually. Because there's all like all those uh, media companies are getting hate clicks, right? They're getting what? Hate clicks. Oh. What do you mean, like, like clickbait stuff? Yeah, like clickbait, like, like, oh, you won't believe what this asshole did. Yeah, like, that's. I think I, I hope that's dying because I hate that. Oh, it's never gonna die because that's just a strong emotion in people. You won't believe this. Like, there was like this study where they said, like, yeah. uh, a lot of older people are sharing content that, like, shitty, like, like fake that news. Doesn't have anything. Yeah, like, yeah. I think big news is like a really important like thing that's happening today. Really. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't buy that this is like swaying things or things like that. I don't, I don't think it does. But I think what does sway things is people saying that it sways stuff, so then they'll click on your article and read it. Yeah, that's. I mean, you look at like a was it BuzzFeed and Washington Post just had to lay off like what seventy five percent of their their opinion writers. Yeah, BuzzFeed just had like a twenty percent cut, and they yeah. they bet they bet on this Facebook algorithm stuff and like those instant articles that were a couple years ago. Yeah, it's not going to work. 
I mean, people can only get outraged so much. You need yeah, to have real of, content. Yeah, and I'm tired of Facebook. I deleted my Facebook. Oh, I'm taking yeah. a little break from No, that's smart. The, like, the only reason I still have a Facebook is like, well, I haven't talked to this guy since high school. He might talk to me within the next 20 years. Mm-hmm. Like, is he going <laughs> to? No. Yeah, get rid of it. Just delete that shit. Who cares? I honestly think there's going to be a pullback to more like uh, singular kind of experiences like people just like texting each other, calling each other. I think there's like this oh, yeah. natural pullback to this kind of thing. Oh, it's, it's, like called, more it's called a tech lash. This is an actual thing. People mm-hmm. are getting rid of their smartphones even. Yeah, getting dumb phones. Or there's like cafes that have like anti, like not Wi-Fi. Yeah, they'll turn off their, you get no, you get nothing there. You don't get any service at all. I wonder if like on average, if you are more relaxed in life, you know, it may be lower, it may be lower cortisol levels as a way to measure it if you have a dumb phone versus a smartphone i'm sure that's the case i'm 100 percent sure and i know that like like time spent uh like i I have this app that i spend like like last week it was like i I do a lot of stuff for work but like it's like four to five hours a day i spend on this phone well that's what i'm saying so like well remember when i was talking about the video game i played in college yeah, you're always talking about that video you're game. You're always goddamn playing yeah, video games. Yeah, because I was, I, was the top, I was the top DPS on my server. <laughs> <laughs> you said that. <laughs> no, but that's what I'm saying. Like, you put all this time into this thing. You're not getting any return. And that, that goes back to what well, you were you saying at the return. very beginning, Torsten. No, there's got, no return. You got you real uh, placed on number, uh, number one status for a month. Oh, no, I'm saying Facebook and stuff. Oh, okay. So there is a return. There's no return. You're creeping on someone, and you're thinking their life's better than yours. Hey, don't judge me. (laughs) Yeah, no, but you think their life's better than yours, and you're like, oh, he's going to, like, he's going to take, like, five vacations. But little do you know, he, like, saved those pictures up, so it looks like he's taking five vacations. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like people, like, go into experiences now being, like, this is, like, an Instagram moment, and I'm going to die. fuck that. Like rather than like actually experiencing something, yes. I'm just like I'm gonna take my phone. Like I don't know. Yeah, if you got, I, I'm sure you guys see this all the time in like concerts or like yo like, concerts kind of, like, for sure. Spend, yeah, like ten minutes like taking photos and editing the photos and like whitening their teeth and that kind of stuff. Yeah, and it's like, dude, just enjoy the music. Well, I went to a concert recently. Um, the Chainsmokers in Aspen. Oh, how was <laughs> yeah, that? That sounds terrible. It was awful. <laughs> I would say, well, the chain smokers in Aspen can't get more like mainstream band in a mainstream place. It like, was awful. So was the, it? It, was, it was like they started off the concert by playing like 30 second clips of like some of their popular songs. No way. No. <laughs> no. no. Legit 30 seconds, 30 seconds, next song, 30 seconds, next song. No like, way. What is it? And I asked my buddy, I'm like, is this, is this them? And he's like, yeah, dude, you like it? I'm like, <laughs> wow. No, it sucks, dude. And yeah, so they started off doing like 30 second clips. And then they would, what they would do to get the crowd rolling is they would have everybody like a big, Playing this like dun, 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 this like <laughs> intense music, and then all of a sudden they'd shoot out like fireworks and have these <laughs> gas things blow. And as soon as they did that, they would turn up, they'd crank up the music, and the mm-hmm. crowd would just go crazy. I'm like, this is fucking awful. 
it made me think like wow i'm am i just getting older is this yeah, just you got, you got old i think i think you got old you just that was the moment Dorson. you're not you're not I, enough molly to make it worthwhile yeah not, not, i think i would need a lot more drugs than just have molly. you been listening to uh any classical music Torson? no <laughs> well, hey let me get back to you no. <laughs> give me 10 seconds i've what's that Kyle's leaving for 10 seconds. <laughs> he just sprints away. <laughs> I gotta go. <laughs> See ya. No, I, I've been, I listen to a little bit of classical music here and there. Um, I, I go on um, Amazon Music, just kind of their classical station. And then I like to, uh, my favorite classical artist is Schubert. Are yeah, you really- I, I like a lot of good classical. I, I listen to some. Do you, can you name anything? Um, no. I mean, like, <laughs> you know, it's like the Sarah Palin line. Like, what do you, what, 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 what magazines do you read, or what, what are the newspapers that you read? She's like, uh, all of them. She's like, uh, like, like, which ones do you stay up on, like, more current events? Like, all of them. <laughs> um, all right, <laughs> all right, and back. So, are you going to play us a classical song? No, I'm not going to play one. You're going to uh, sing one? <laughs> that would da, 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 da. <laughs> that sucked. Yeah. Well, like, there's this movement. Like, um, I really like the band uh, Alt-J. And they have, like, these experiences where you turn in your phone in yeah. the concert. And you well, put it in, like, little containers. Now. And, yeah, like, I think that's great because it just... We went, me and my wife went to, when we lived in New York, we, we, I got her tickets for Adele. And this is like her like final concert series, like big thing in Madison Square Garden. I had to like get on right at like 10 a.m. and get she's this ticket. And, what was that? Yeah, she's retiring. <clears throat> or oh, she, she said she was. She said it was going to be. I love that. The last, the last she's show. She's like 30. No, that's great. That's excellent. I love that. Yeah, get down with it. And <laughs> yeah, like we, we um we went to the we went to the show and then a woman like next to us was like FaceTiming during the show, like during songs like, Can you hear this? Like to like someone Whoa. like FaceTime during like 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 I, I really really like Adele, like just like these beautiful moments, like she has like such a nice voice. <laughs> and then she's like, You just like hear this voice besides like, Can you hear this? <laughs> oh, and you just man. like like to someone who's like, you know, on a couch somewhere, like 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 I don't care like even if she's like dying of cancer or something like that, like you're not going to hear like a really good, you know, yeah, you're voice. listening to it on your cell phone speaker, which is shit. Like you can't hear anything. This is terrible. So I just like, like the etiquette today. I feel like, like just needs to be taught about using phones and stuff. Like no, that. I agree. I, 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 and also I think that's going to be the next step forward is our, our generation is going to be the one that's stuck with their head in the phone. And then I think the next one is going to be your phone in your head. Like the whole Black Mirror thing? Well, kind of, but like, it's not going to be intrusive. Like, it's Let gonna me record be this video one second. <laughs> yeah, that, no, that Black... Have you ever watched Black Mirror, Sorry. Yeah, yeah, I love Black Mirror. Do you remember that one where, like, you implant a chip into your child's head and you can, like, see what they see and, like... Yeah. You can, like, you can censor what they see and all this stuff? Mm-hmm. I oh, think yeah, that... Yeah. We might be headed in that direction. That might be a thing. Or like that. There was the other episode where the guy was like, re like revisiting his interview, 
like like he'd recorded his whole interview. Like there was like that implant in his eye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he like, w- checked up on his wife. Yeah, like you can like play play for everyone. Oh, this is what happened. Oh, speaking of which, did you guys do the uh, the the new Black Mirror uh, choose your own adventure movie? Yeah, we should we should do a podcast on that. That'd be fun. Oh, it was excellent. Let's actually <laughs> do a podcast on that because let's of course, yeah, let's you should save do that it. one. I, I did it with my wife. It was actually really fun to to kind of like yeah, like kind of pick all the places where you can go and then see see everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's no, a we'll great. Like I thought that. it was really good. Yeah, we'll talk about. Let, let's uh, let's wrap this one up, Torsten. Okay. All right. Do you want to jump in with that random? Um, Closing statement or the random. Yeah, so, so catchphrase, catchphrase generator of the day is. Wasn't it European? Well, I, want, I want to hear your opinion on this well, one. Hey, so. hey, before we before we go, do you have any final statements? Oh yeah, Warren? good call. Do you have any final statements? Anything in terms of fire or anything that you would like to to just date as far as you know things that are going on? Any closing statements? No. Uh, <laughs> I would say okay. read your your money your life by Vicky Robin. It's like one of the books that changed my life. Yeah, great. I mean, yeah, your know money or your, your life by Vicky Robbins. Yeah, just like go through it. Like it's very very good. No, what you're spending did, money. Just an update. I think this like past year. And that's the woman you just you talked about earlier who had remind me again of as far as that was your time your time as far as buying a coffee. That's half an hour of your time spent buying that. Yeah. That yep. analogy? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. No, oh, that I, I really wasn't like your that analogy. I thought that was yours you came up with. Yeah, it was mine that came up with. <laughs> I thought you were spot. smart as fuck. Now I <laughs> now I now I wonder. <laughs> All right, well cool. Yeah, we'll have to we'll have to put that in the show notes. Yeah, so uh catchphrase generator of the day. Let me let me know what you guys think. She can ask the onions. She can ask the onions, folks. We'll end it there. Yay!